Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. Let me just hang with me here for a second. <clears throat> Depart from the outline I brought, but that's okay. Friday night, our students led us in worship. And... Uh, there came a moment where Pastor Rhea looked and said, Pastor Tom, would you come? You got to sit for a second. You're going to be, we're, we're, you're going to stand back up because we're going to pray. And two things have happened in our prayer services and <clears throat> on Wednesday and Friday that I want to share with you. And then we need to pray for people, people here today specifically that will respond to what I'm about to say. There's two things. Of course, if you've been here with me for 20 years, you know that I'm a mercy freak and a worship freak. Mercy is, I, I personally be, believe, one of the, the most misunderstood aspects in terms of Scripture, <clears throat> for reasons I've said a thousand times. Mercy is the point where we engage the love of God. Without mercy, God's love wouldn't be accessible. Mercy is what makes God's love accessible, and mercy is what reserves grace for me. That's a loaded statement of wonderful Bible and theology. For years, I've told you, reading all the times that mercy appears in Scripture, but especially in the New Testament, <clears throat> I've noticed that mercy does a couple of things. Mercy stops God in his tracks. There's two times in the book of Matthew where it records blind men crying out to Jesus as he was passing by. One followed him along. But the others cried out that, and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And it said, the, 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 the people went over and the disciples and others went over and said, shh, 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 stop. He's a busy man. He's on his way. <clears throat> but it said the more they restrained him or attempted to, the, the, the more they cried out. It's like, get out of my face. There's something about people who suddenly become aware of what they didn't know five minutes before. That I need mercy. Yes. Oh my goodness. And suddenly mercy becomes aware. You see, here's the thing that I want to tell you. Mercy stopped Jesus in his tracks. Anybody not glad to know that he gave us an expression of worship that said, use it. Cry out. It stops me in my tracks. Want another scripture for that? Acts chapter 10, Cornelius. He's not even saved by any evangelical or doctrinal definition. He's a, a Roman centurion who was giving alms, but that word alms is literally mercy gifts from the Greek word. He gave a, a mercy gift. He didn't even say it, he did it. Read Acts 10. It says God stops everything, sends an angel to talk to a guy that's not even saved. What's up with that? Clearly, God was not a good evangelical on that day. The thief on the cross in Cornelius will really mess up a lot of our airtight encapsulization of who God reaches and how. Don't put him in a box. He said, don't try. They've tried. I'm a fountain. 
Don't put me in a cistern. I'm a fountain. Don't put me in a box. I'm God. Cornelius gave. God said, stop everything. He gave a mercy gift from his hand. Now let me see what happens when I give him a gift of mercy from my hand. And he sort of puts the finger on the apostle Peter, who's in another city and says, I need you to go find this centurion and preach to his household. Why? He's a, he's a Gentile, Lord. I'm not going to have anything to do with him. He says, you need to get over your attitude. There's somebody there, forget whether he's Gentile or Jew, male or female. He just cried out through mercy. Mercy will always stop God in his tracks. How many need him to stop for you in your tracks, stop in his tracks for you today? In particular, in this one issue of mercy, it stopped him to heal. Who here needs a touch in your body right now? Hold your hand up. Father, we cry out the same way that those obnoxious blind men did. Son of David, have mercy. Father, may this declaration stop heaven in its tracks. May your attention be turned this way when every other echo of my soul says, just walk on by, bro. No, we cry out for mercy. Stop here today. Touch, heal, make whole in the name of the living God. Touch, heal, make whole in the name of the living God. Hallelujah. Can I just tell you while reminding God, Father, Jesus, you stopped that day and mercy refused to join in the opinion on two aspects. You didn't care that the opinion of the naysayers was be quiet. You were going to stop for them. And number two, you didn't care that the current opinion of them was that they were blind. You were about to change that opinion. How many know when Jesus walked away from that moment, the opinion about them had changed because they had been touched by mercy and now they could see again. They would never be called that. Last point, second thing. Pastor Rhea called me up and she says, Pastor, I feel like you're supposed to speak over these, the children, our inheritance. And I said, oh my. You see, I, I said, if you can get an inheritance, and I walked up here and began to talk to them and there were people here on Friday. I said, let me tell you, about the real inheritance. You'll get one from this church, this room, the people, from Pastor Rhea, from me, from your parents, from other people. We're going to pass that along. But the real inheritance you get is when Ephesians talks about us being joint heirs. And it says he's seated in heavenly places. That means we have access because we know somebody. But he's not just seated in heavenly places. He's seated in heavenly places And Revelation chapter 3, verse 21 says, And those that overcome, I will ask them to sit with me on my throne. You understand, I built the case four weeks ago, that the throne, if you will, Jesus' throne in heaven, is nothing other than the mercy seat. And there's teaching on that that really builds the case. It's not some obtuse little fun statement. But here's the cool thing. And I said this on Friday night. I wish I had an, an illusionist that could build for me a magic trick. That every time somebody walked up, that the seat got a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger. 
Because here's your good news. There's no folding chairs in heaven. But there's a seat for you. There's a seat for you. Where he, now, why does that matter? He said, man, that sounds so good, Pastor Tom. There's a seat for me in the heavenlies. Jesus scoots over infinitely and makes room for all of his children, joint heirs, to be seated with him. The Bible says that. It said there's enough room on the seat for all of us to be seated with him. I didn't make that up. That's got to be a big seat. How many know that? Another one of those mysterious aspects we can't wrangle, uh, wrestle out with our mind. Uh, that sounds great. I'm, I'm excited. Um, okay, I'm going home now. I, I really don't have a clue what that means in my life on Monday morning, but I'm still excited about it. Here's what it means. The, mer- the, the seat of mercy, the blood of the lamb and the presence of the throne is a guarantee that our words are heard at the throne. The sequence in the book of Revelation, it says the lamb stepped in, sat down, and two things happened right after that. It said they sang a new song and they brought out the prayers of all the saints. Not one had been lost. Mercy is the guarantee that my words are heard from the throne, but if you read the part before it about the scroll, if you will, the word and will of God that had been sealed up and not able to be given to mankind yet, still in his sin. You see, mercy become, that seed of mercy becomes this incredible spiritual and cosmic transaction point. It guarantees that those of us on this side of the equation that are saying, Father, I desire to make my words known at the throne. He says, great, speak them. They come right to me right now because there's someone that paid the price for your words to reach me. Watch this. But that's not the only side of the equation. He says, but there's also someone that paid the price for my words to reach you. Because guess who takes the scroll from his hand and begins to open it? It's the lamb. The lamb says there's so much in God's word and will that it can be open to you until me. But I've come to open that. You need to know in real time that being invited to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, I can never outline the magnitude of that. But you need to know that you have access. I don't know, Eli, I gotta tell you, Eli messed me up this morning. Absolutely messed me up this morning. The seat of mercy made the throne of God accessible. You need to know that. That's all I'm supposed to say. Stand up, please, would you? Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.